Fox. Inside the episode. Oh, oh, we weren't. I thought we were doing the feature linked episode of Outside the Box since Hunter's uh, gone again. Yeah, Hunter's we're not gone doing that again. You know that thing I said about Hunter never being sick? It seems to be happening more and more. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. What's this? Is this uh, two weeks in a row? Two weeks in a row that he's missed recording for the podcast. I don't know. Maybe it's a heart issue. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> Something about a stomach bug. Stomach's a good long ways from the heart. <laughs> Technically, this is a month. A whole month of him being oh sick as a staggered episode yeah. release. Yeah. You I plotting forgot, on me, I boy? We recorded that last episode two weeks ago. I know. <laughs> Time flies when you're in the same place as you used to be. That's right. That's right. So, what are we going to talk about today? If. Pro- me nothing probably. <laughs> yeah, usually Chase is in the in the intro and then he just kind of vanishes for a while. I don't know. He like steps away to do his taxes <laughs> and then comes back. Sure, it's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> All right, I've got something on my mind that I want to discuss, which usually is an indicator that it's on other people's minds because I have a very universal mind. Can I interrupt you real quick? Sure. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so here's go, what I want to talk go. about. I want to talk about interrupted training. Wow. Yeah. That's what I want to talk about because I have figured out this is a huge obstacle. Got to say that every time Hunter's not here. It's a huge obstacle. <laughs> it's the way, man. It is the way uh, to people in their fitness journey. And this goes across all, like, if you're just, if you love swimming, interrupted training. If you love marathon running, interrupted training. If you love CrossFit, interrupted training. It's a part of a fitness journey that I think people are the least prepared for. And I think it's a big part of the reason why people end up stopping their momentum and what they're pursuing, and they take so long to get back into the groove. They're frustrated with themselves. How many times have you run into a person uh, in town that you used to see at the gym, and the first thing you start talking about, man, I got to get back in there. I oh, yeah. I mean, that's just a conversation that we have all the time. So I want to discuss because the first thing we should establish is it's inevitable. Yes. It's absolutely. inevitable. Absolutely. So if that's the case, then we need to prepare people better for it. We need to be better prepared ourselves for it. So I'm just going to kind of, this. we'll take a grill the guest approach here, if that's all right. Sure. So if you were, uh, and I'm, you are the guest, not, okay. not Chase. Chase is doing his taxes. I'm talking to Chris right now. <laughs> but, I did, could, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we're not there yet? <laughs> not there yet. So looking at Chris, I'm saying, what, what is something, if we want to begin a discussion about interrupted training, where, where do we even start? This is a pretty big topic. Do we start with, hey, these are the things that normally interrupt people's training, or hey, when you get to this point, these are the things that you need to do? I think it would be good to start discussing kind of common pitfalls that interrupt people that shouldn't I think the first uh, the first discussion that I would have would be just along the lines of acceptance things are going to go off the rails at some point or another I mm. don't care how well you plan you know how uh, how tight you have things uh, in your life right now something is going to come out of nowhere that you didn't foresee and it's going to knock it's going to knock you off your game a little bit but as far as, you know, as far as like how much or for how long, that is what you have control over. So it's a matter of, um, it's like the, like the whole, uh, the, the, the 12 step prayer ex- accepting or, uh, accepting things that you can't control. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I get that. I think that's a, that's a big thing. So you're making a distinguisher there that 
at some point, everyone who is pursuing fitness is going to be interrupted by something. Yes. Whether it's something that happens, what most people want to talk about, oh, I did this, I injured myself, and now I've got to step back. But if you really investigate the people who stop their fitness journey, that is such a small percentage. It's usually things outside of whatever their fitness uh, is that interrupt it. You say that's that's going to happen. It's an inevitability. You just got to accept that. You don't need to be training in fear of it. It's it's on its way. The distinguisher you're trying to make, though, is what you do after it happens. Yeah. That's where I think you can bring shed a lot of light on this discussion because you see people do it well and you see people do it poorly. So training happens. Training interruption happens. You have some sort of let's even say let's go as far as to say a minor injury. You have some sort of minor injury because you've started a new way of life. You spend 40 hours a week in this rolled over position, and then you decide you're going to get a muscle up. You do something a little silly, and you have a minor injury. What happens after that? How do you, as an athlete, say, all right, I'm not going to let this stop me, and now I'm just going to do couch to 5K for the next three years? Right. <laughs> I think um – if uh, if we're getting really specific and you know saying in the case of uh, in the case of injury if that's the example we want to use the first thing that i you know tell people is you know let's uh let's see what you can do without pain and that's what we're going to uh that's what we're going to focus on for the next uh you know for the next couple of weeks now you may have to t- turn back the frequency a little bit because you know if you're if you did something to your shoulder and you came in and you did legs five days a week, that'd be really, really difficult and get really, really old. Right. So, um, I, you know, I would try to, uh, I try to keep people calm and tell them, you know, these things happen. Anything, any trying to, any kind of drastic change that you try to make is going to have some kind of inherent risk. And, um, uh, you know, when these, uh, when these things happen, you know, give it first, give it time. Don't freak out. Come into the gym anyway. We'll get you moving around. We'll work around it. And if things get better, then to uh, then to make sure that you give it enough time to to get to fully recover, and then we ease the and then we ease back into it. And if things and things if things do not recover, if they if a if you think we may have an issue here, to go see go see a physical therapist. You know. Ask them what they say. Ask them to print out some kind of report. Bring it back to the coach so that you can work with the coach around it. I might be getting really, really specific here. No, uh, I love that because you know. what you're pointing out is that most people have an instinct when their training is interrupted to turn that into a full stop. Yes. I'm just going to stop. You know, right. and, and this goes way outside the bounds of some sort of minor injury. Uh, a lot of times it has to do with your work or your family. It just interrupts your training and it throws you out of rhythm. So what I heard in your answer is to continue, and I want to tease this out a little bit, to continue in a rhythm. Yeah. Even if there's something that is interrupting you, that you work hard to, co- to continue in some sort of rhythm, even if it changes. And I think a lot of this, and, and I'd love for you to agree or disagree here, a lot of this comes down to expectations, yeah. right, after the interruption. So with most things, if you're training at a good clip and then you get interrupted, you're going to have some, uh, your, your ability is going to drop back just a little bit. You know, your momentum stopped and you're going to have to start that again. But people decide, I'm going to get back into the gym when I feel like 
I can jump back in at the same momentum that I left off. And that's kind of an illusion, right? Exactly. So yeah. you've got to take some time to build yourself back back into it. But let's let's talk about the mental piece for just a minute because I think your your answer in talking about the physical side of it actually discussed a little bit of the mental side too. Do you see that it really throws people mentally to be interrupted in their training, that they, they, they're dealing as much with their head as they may be with their body? Yeah, because I think they I think the probably the first thought that they have is that, you know, if they if they tweak their shoulder and they've got to take it easy for a couple of weeks that they're gonna lose, you know, the year that they built up or however long it was and they're gonna be going right back to square one and that is simply not the case. You know, if you have to take uh like I hear people coming in, you know, you know, all the time. And like if they've gone on vacation and they come back and, you know, that first workout is really, really, you know, or they, they their first workout is not up to their expectations. They'll say, man, it's amazing how fast you lose it. It's like, well, pump the brakes. <laughs> you did not, you did not lose it over a week. Pump the brakes. <laughs> You're just still in vacation mode. Right. Yeah. And just give it three or four workouts and you'll feel like your old self again. Exactly. Feelings can be pretty uh, deceptive. And I think that's why I'm wanting to dig into it yeah. a little bit because, or, or, or somebody will be like, he's like, man, I've just, I've lost, I've lost all my cardio. I mean, I felt terrible. Well, yeah, we did thrusters and burpees today. <laughs> you were supposed to yes, feel terrible. It's yeah. not supposed to be easy. Yeah. That's how it always works too. Like on, on a person's first day, it's going to be Fran or something like, and the first day back from a break is oh, going to yeah. be something equally, <laughs> equally as difficult. It just all always seems to fall that way. Guess what? You're probably not going to PR your friend time. Yeah, exactly. But so the interruption um, makes a physical difference, but it also makes a mental difference. And if I'm hearing you right, uh, patience has a lot to do with this, right? Yeah. You know, patience and just being, just being aware of your, um, of your priorities. You know, like if something happens, like if we're, uh, we do a workout with, uh, with, uh, or let's get away from, let's get away from injuries here for a second. Let's just say, just something happens with your family and you have to, you know, you know, that has become your priority and you're having to give up your gym time for a couple of weeks to make sure that you get things all squared away at home. Okay. And, uh, you know, be honest that, you know, if you come back, you know, don't be frustrated that you, that you feel like you've lost ground. It's like, do you have a competition coming up? Right. You know, yeah. and, you know, if so, then, and, um, and, uh, your goal is to, do well at that at that competition then you know we can have a different uh, a different discussion but you know your goal is just general fitness it's not like uh it's not like the end is in sight and because you had to take uh you had to take two weeks off you've stepped further back there is no end to your fitness yes there's no destination to it yeah it's a much bigger arc than i think most people are paying attention to so the way I've started to think about it lately, and, and my training has actually been interrupted in the past week, which is why this has really come up for me, but if most people's arc is much more narrow than it should be. Our, our discipline causes us to want to measure our fitness journey in reps or days in, yeah. in, in the gym. Uh, but if you're looking at your fitness journey, looking back on it, and you, if you pay attention, most people talk about it this way. It's usually in at least year-long cycles. Yeah. This past year was a difficult year. Man, I had a really good year. I, I was able to do some stuff and get a lot stronger. And now, now this year, I'm planning on working on that. I mean, but as you're fighting this battle mentally, especially if you've had something externally impact the way that you you are in the gym, or if you're getting into the gym, this is another part we could discuss. It isn't always that people are interrupted and they don't show up 
you could still be in the gym, but your training's been interrupted because mentally you're just not all there or yeah. physically you're run down. You and I have a discussion all the time about how your body interprets all stress as the same stress. Good stress, bad stress, it's still stress, yeah. right? So you may just be in a in an overload of stress or yeah, an you, interrupting, interruption in your training could indicate that you're overtraining. I mean, that's a big part of it too. So, yeah, it could be. Um, so when we're talking about this mental and physical balance and being patient, and it's a difficult thing, though, to balance patience and discipline, as crazy as that sounds. Have you experienced that tension in your journey? Let me, let me describe what I mean. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So discipline, usually uh, people interpret that as I'm going to do as much as I can, as often as I can. I'm going to be disciplined in this. I'm going to push all this out of my life and have all this in my life. And it kind of creates this really quick pace for most people. Uh, long discipline is not the first thing that comes to people's mind. It's like, so to be patient over time with something, okay. the, those two ideas seem to compete. Sure, sure. I think people, people get way too far out over their skis. At some point, you know, especially in the uh, especially in the uh, in the beginning, and um, I think they 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 strive, um, and we we talked about this before we started recording. They they strive for perfection, perfecting their regimen before they um, before they just strive for progress. Mm -hmm. So you know, first step when uh, when people get when people get first get started in our gym, we tell them it's like step one is you remember now come to the gym. You right. know, let, let's start off with four days a week. If you're coming four days a week, you're uh, you're working more than you're resting. That's a start. Okay. Now, I'm not going to take somebody there. You know, you don't you don't start somebody off saying, uh, you know, okay, we're going to uh, within the year we're gonna we're gonna decrease your uh, we're gonna take your row time down to uh, to a six thirty, and you're gonna do thirty muscle ups for time and under in under six minutes. Let's get started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so having having that patience. Step one, this is a gym. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to make sure that your car arrives here yeah. at least four days out of seven, right? Exactly. Um, but when that stuff gets thrown off, and I think this is a big part of it and why I'm wanting to talk about it for our listening audience, when that stuff gets thrown off, especially in the beginning, there's a tendency for that feeling of failure when your training has been interrupted, for that feeling of failure to dominate and then you become a self-fulfilling prophecy. The way we're talking about it is an interruption. It's not something that's killed your ability to train. Yeah. It's just interrupted your training. It doesn't feel the way you'd like it to feel. It's not as frequent as you would like for it to be. That's something that really throws athletes, though. And I'm wanting to get in there and say, how can we help people who even maybe right now are experiencing that interrupting in their training? Their family is needing something or their business owners and the biz business is really picked up. They can't be in the gym as much as they used to. How do they settle themselves down and adopt that patient mentality going through that? I think by just being really honest about their priorities. And, you know, if you're going to have these these very um these very lofty fitness goals then fitness needs to be one of the top priorities uh, you know in your in your life you know if like you know I want to be uh, you know I want to be just this fire breathing machine in the gym and I want to be you know I want to I'm a, a male and I want to be sub 10% body fat and and all this and that so, okay well let's take a look at what that looks like if that's the route that uh, that you want to go, you're going to have to give up this, 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 and this. You know, you're going to have to sacrifice 
all of these things. Are you willing to sacrifice all of these things? Well, no, no, I'm not, because that means me sacrificing time with my family. That means me not having birthday cake at my kid's, uh, at my kid's birthday party. You know, right. Those things that I'm not willing to do. Okay, well, then we need to take another long look at these goals and see what's really realistic. Man, you're making an incredible point here, and I think yeah. cracking the code for a lot of folks is sometimes what, yeah. what we as as athletes will experience as an interruption in training actually are mismatched priorities. Yeah. We're on, we are our own worst enemy in this, yes. and this happens a lot inside of a group fitness context because you see other people that have different priorities that are performing better than you. Right. You, you, see, you see people like... Um, yeah, you know, I'll uh, I'll use I'll use Meredith uh, as an example right now. Right now, Meredith's priorities are her family, CrossFit. The end. You know, I mean, and I'm you know I'm just I'm guessing. I, I don't want to I, I don't want to speak for her. So right. sorry. Sorry. There are other I, things in her life, but yeah, those are two the top two. Obviously, for sure. there are other things in her life, but right, but Meredith has really restructured. I know she has restructured her a lot of her life to be able to maximize her training, and it has showed in the last uh, in the last two years the jump that she'd made that she has made is is just been unreal that does not mean however that that she is the standard for everybody else you know she uh, her her lifestyle right now can afford for her to be able to do that it's a goal that she that she's wanting to chase and you know and she'll tell you right now that's that she has the opportunity to do it yeah, she wants to push all her chips into the middle of the table and go all in. Yeah, and she's doing a great job. Yeah, you know? and yeah. she's an easy example. The thing that I, w- I want to probably talk about a little more is the person to your right on a workout on a random Tuesday. Yeah, that suddenly you're like, oh, wait a minute, I should I should be doing better than this, you know? And then yeah, so- and, and so they, they they'll see people they'll see people like that, and they think that because. Because they don't look like that person, or they can't d- devote the type of tra- the the amount of time in the gym, they can't they can't devote that same amount of time as that person. That for some reason, they feel like they're a failure. But that's not that's not the case. That's why we've really tried to drive home with our with you know having um the different tracks in our program is that it depends on your goal. And, you know, the amount of, you know, what, what is the best effort that you as an individual can give? Yeah, man, that's, that's awesome because I think so many people are frustrated and feeling interrupted in their training, in the, in their fitness journey, because they've at some point adopted the wrong priorities and those priorities are, are necessarily going to clash with the way that they have yeah. to go about doing life. That's a, that's a big point you're making there. Yeah, exactly. You know, like uh, if somebody is really, if somebody says like, you know, I really want to, I really want to drop some body fat and I want to be able to do this and do that. And I say, you know, okay, well, um, you're coming, you're coming four days a week. You know, can we find a time to, uh, to get a fifth, a fifth day in there, a fifth training day and increase your volume? You know, what are you, uh, what are you doing on, um, on Saturday? Oh, well I go, I go play golf on Saturday. Can you get, are you willing to give up the golf on Saturday? Right. You know, and if that, and if you are, then okay, yeah, let's start having a conversation. If that golf on Saturday is a major just release for you, you truly enjoy doing it and you don't want to give it up, then all right, then maybe, then maybe what you're talking about, we need to, you know, restructure those goals again. 
So let me ask you this, because it strikes me as you're giving these descriptions. It, it feels like acceptance of interruption. We started talking about it about the gym, but something's got to get interrupted. Yeah. You, have, you have a limited quantity of time mm-hmm. as a person, you yes. know, and, and most of us have a pretty significant level of responsibility uh, based on the age that we are by the time you get to, to this sort of fitness uh, at this time. So something's got to get interrupted. Is it going to be the golf game? Is it going to be – you have to figure out where the interruption is going to happen. There you go. Not yeah. is it going to uh, stop me and my fitness. It's like am I going to control it or is it going to control me? That Maybe that's the real battle here. Yeah, that's pro- yeah you're probably right. And kind of the For hardest sure. to win. You know, it's the, that's the hardest to win because you've got to assume, and, th- and this is the big thing I think you were alluding to earlier that may be a real big turning point in this conversation. A lot of it comes down to responsibility. What is my responsibility here? Am I going to divert this interruption to other things, take responsibility, or am I going to release responsibility and just let the gym be the first thing that's taken away or let the person to my right or my left dictate my fitness journey, not just today, but uh, for the next couple of days, I get frustrated because somebody next to me can string these chest bar pull-ups together. So all of a sudden, I'm just going to throw all the programming out, interrupt my own training, and just work chest bar pull-ups for the next six weeks until I get them. You right. know? I mean, I'm using this as an example because we see this happen very often somebody gets frustrated with an olympic lift and then all of a sudden every day they're doing this olympic lift even if incorrectly they've interrupted their own training so accepting responsibility for your own journey is probably a big part of this yeah yeah absolutely and um accepting uh accepting a responsibility and um just uh i I think yeah something else this may kind of tie in with it it may not but um you know, like people, like I'll, I'll have people that are like, oh man, you know, I'm get, I, I had a, you know, ate terrible over the weekend. You know, I, I, I look terrible right now, or you know, and this and and this and that. And like, man, dude, take a, you know, think about, think about the, the five people that you spend the most time with outside outside of the gym. Okay, and look like look at like look at them look just or just the average person that you see on a day-to-day basis who's not going to the gym who's not at least made fitness some priority in their life i mean you're looking at you know 98 percent of the of the population <laughs> right you know, you're right. do you're doing pretty good yeah 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 i think somebody said in the class last night we were talking about the uh uh, the beach body challenge that we got coming up and and they're like they're like you know i tell you what you ever want to feel better about yourself go to the beach <laughs> you, 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 all, you always go to the you always go to the beach thinking that you're just gonna see like uh you know models walking yeah, around, all around you're the only average dude <laughs> yeah right everybody everybody on the beach has a six-pack except for me <laughs> never not, works out to be not the case, the case. yeah <laughs> So I think a good answer to this, uh, um, maybe a place we could land this discussion, is if people are, are experiencing an interruption, the, the first thing to ask is not necessarily, you know, should I stop? How long should I take a break for? The first thing really to ask is, why am I doing this in the first place? What are my motivations for being in here? What, what is actually being interrupted? Because at some times, it could, at some points, it could be that your, your mismatched priorities, that's what's getting interrupted. Yeah. Uh, at other times, with these minor tweaks that you get over certain things, you're, you'll be able to weather those more if you think, look, I'm here to, to be more fit tomorrow than I was today and the yeah. day after and the day after. So if I've got a, something that's tweaked in my scaps or my shoulders, I can get in here and address some of those 
I'm talking about myself. I can address some of those uh, core weaknesses that I have. You, you don't have to have like a really stellar shoulder to sit in a Superman hold. <laughs> you know, that's not the thing you're thinking about. Right. Or do those rocks the other day. By the way, the the rock Tabata thing that just needs to go away. <laughs> I don't. I mean, you. Everybody was humbled at the end of that day. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, just thinking about the reason that you're there, because what happens for me, and I think I represent most people that are that are in our gym, is that when things get interrupted, you start to feel pr- pretty terrible about your your place pretty terrible about um your journey itself it's like sitting on the sidelines on a friday night you know it's just one friday night and maybe it wasn't even that important of a game but you weren't in the game so you feel bad about it and it just yeah you know you're not in motion and then you tend to stay that way and i mean you know i guess that you know the difference uh the difference between that is is like you know games on friday nights you only get four years worth of those to do you know <laughs> that's th- right th- there is a definite end to that i mean obviously we're all we're none of us are going to be here forever we do technically speaking only have a limited number of days to mm-hmm. take it to take advantage of but you can't um you can't treat it like i've only got like you even have any idea what the answer is you know well what is it like uh you know uh, uh work um I'm trying to remember this saying. It's like a, a work like you only have one day a li- one day to live and live like you're going to live forever or something like that. Is that Tim McGraw? Is that a- <laughs> live like you were dying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. I, I don't know, but uh, uh, I guess the uh, the point that I'm trying to that I'm trying to make is um stop treating it stop treating your fitness uh, your fitness like there's a finish line to get through. Yeah, I agree with that and I think my big advice in this scenario is to have surely to have short-term goals but to make those long-term goals way more important yeah you know long-term goal for me is i wanted to be in the shape of my life by 40 that's i'm hitting 40 in september Uh, so if i've got to take two weeks to kind of get some stuff straight that's been bothering me for a minute that's fine because September is the deadline for me. That's the yeah. big goal. I would make that long term, but it's been going on for a couple of years now. And I lost sight of that last year and it really affected me. You know, yeah. I let some things get in the way and I kind of shamed myself out of the gym, which is, you know, it's crazy how easy that can happen. But making sure that you're setting those long term goals almost ensures that that arc is going to be much further out yes. than any interruption should have the power to take you out of the game forever yeah. you know and then i think the last thing we need to be really honest about this is sometimes you just have to face the music you've got to drive back over to the gym you've yeah. got to show up you've got to know that it's going to hurt you've got to know that you're going to be a little bit slower than when you left but you also need to understand that about like you said five or six workouts in you're going to be much closer to your old self than than you're convincing yourself of when you're sitting at home yes you know? the idea here would be to bring people back into the box that have stepped out for very average reasons and made them a much bigger deal than they should have been and normalizing that by saying we all fall fall into that trap don't we so i'm just curious to know maybe what one or two of your long-term goals are so we can get a, a scope of what maybe we should be thinking as athletes you know um long term long term for me is uh just at this uh, at this point uh, at this point in my life my only uh, my only goal right now is to is to keep fitness a keep it a priority as like i get told uh, i get told i feel like on a daily basis like man i can't wait uh 
I can't wait to see you when you're uh, when you're 50 or whatever. And <laughs> and and usually my response is, man, I can't wait for you to see me when I'm 50. That's right. Yeah. What you a know? cop out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And You'll know when you t- you turn 45. Oh man. yeah, man. It's just something happens when you hit uh, when you hit 37. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you throwing these? <laughs> Where do these numbers come from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so measuring against that long-term goal yeah. to keep it our priority, this is also opens up the scope. Of- my, my my daily my daily battle with my fitness is not necessarily trying to get somewhere in terms of a ranking or how much weight is on the bar or anything like that. It is a mine is just mine is a daily battle with complacency. It is a just keep taking one more step every day. Yeah. Which is perfect, you know. There's a lot of periods. Keep, yeah, that was very. <laughs> I was looking for the word there, but keep keep taking those steps. I think is an important thing, and it opens up a little bit the idea of fitness because so many people drill down on whatever took them out. You know, yeah. like oh, this or this or that or this thing. I can't do that thing. Fitness is a really big category, yeah. man. CrossFit is a really yeah. big category. You, um, we were discussing this yesterday. You're like, you, if you can only get to minor structural stuff, great. Work on that. Do yeah. that stuff. You know, go in there and face the things that you know you can face. Give yourself those small victories mm-hmm. and keep on trucking. I mean, that's the name of the game, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not at a point in my life where I can't have anything specific in terms of my fitness other than let's just train five days a week, get it in, and that's it. All right. Uh, hard transition. Should I do it? Or are you? Uh, should we harmonize? Outside. Nope. <laughs> uh, Chris had to step away because you He's know Hunter's Chris. sick. Yeah, and someone's got to someone's got to run the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone's so. got to be impo- more important than us. So we let him leave. But that's all right because this is. Probably both of our favorite <laughs> parts yeah. of the episode. I'm mean, I'm a little disappointed though because I I do feel like Chris it would surprise us how nerdy he would be with this topic. Yeah, yeah. I this is a little bit of a panic choice on my end, but I now that I've looked at it more, I think I yeah I'm agreeing with you. I wish we had all four of us here to do it. Right. But well, you know it it's is our what time it is. to shine. Woo! <laughs> this is the this is the Dunder Mifflin of outside the boxes, endless paper in a paperless world. <laughs> We're full of technology and screens, and we are talking about our top three board games. Board games. Everybody just turned off their freaking phones. (laughs) Yeah, because people are like, speaking of bored, I'm bored with this, you know. (laughs) I have found that it's not as much of a guilty pleasure as it used to be, but I think for uh, until like the past couple of years, board games were a lot of people's guilty pleasures. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'd have to be friends. For like, you'd have to spend time with a group of people for, I don't know, five or six different times. Yeah, before, before they, said, they come up and ask, like, hey, would you? Hey, uh, would you? Uh, and it's all, <laughs> exactly. You guys, like, uh, you guys much board game players? And yeah. then everyone in the room goes, oh, yes. yes. Yeah, here's how most, most people floated out there in the conversation. They're like, man, when you were a kid, did you play? Uh, and, <laughs> and then if you see the person get excited, you're like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to wade into these waters just yeah. a little bit. It's, it's board games and card games. It just depends on how close you were to your grandparents, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I, I had a little trouble with this this topic because I wanted to start throwing card games in there. Yeah, I'm so tempted because I love card games too. Yeah, but, but I think it's a totally different category. It is. And yeah. uh, not not like a deck of cards. If you want to intimidate me as, a, as an individual. You're not like a spades person? Oh, man. I don't know what it is about l- like literal card games yeah. i just can't i can't remember all the rules there's so many variables oh yeah i've really chiseled down what card games i will play 
Like it, I, it's literally like five or less. That Maybe I'm, that should be a strategy that I adopt if somebody, you know, pulls out a deck of cards and like, hey, you want to play such and such? Mm. And I don't. That's not one I'm really familiar with. I need to have two or three go tos that are pretty popular. Yeah. Hey, now we have another topic. There what we go. Those, I don't know. <laughs> so spades is always one that I feel um, just has an unusual amount of pressure, though, because of my personality type. I'm like, I just that's don't what let. you have. To, you have to choose your part. If you're the, if you're your personality, you have to choose your partner, not get chosen. Yeah. Just critical step there. Yeah. Very intimidating. All right. What were we talking about? Board games. Board I think. games. All Sorry. right. So we're going to go three to one. You, you and I can back and forth. We'll go our, our three board game, two and then one. So let's start with your number three. OK, mine's. My number three is up in the air because I need a definition. I do have a backup that I know counts, but I need to know is Pictionary a board game or not. Ooh. I I I think no. You I don't think no, it's I don't just th- a party game. I think it's more of a party game. Yeah, yeah. I think it falls in like the apples to apples category because apples to apples isn't really a card game. It's really just like a skit game or like a, a guessing game. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel I, like it's that it's just it's some other category that exists in the Pictionaries and the charades and stuff like that. Yeah, if like if I could pay if I could play it on a charter bus going out of town with just like post-it notes and a little golf pencil. Right, I'm not counting that as a board game. Okay, then that's fair. Then my number <laughs> <There's> three. My, <laughs> <test>. <laughs> my number three is Battleship. I don't play it enough, but when mm. I do, I remember why I like it so much. Even if I'm not winning, it's just it's just in- interesting in the simplest way possible. It's like you get to do a little bit of deduction, like okay, so that was a hit, so now I have like like 16 little little spots that I can go with and uh, see if I'm uh, onto something. You have to, and you're you're racing the other person if they start getting hits and stuff like that. There's anxiety that can build up. There's tension. I don't know. It's an overall good game, I think. And it's simple, so it's not like a huge learning curve, which is always really appreciated by me. Yeah, that is a pretty, I think, a good litmus test of a good board game. It Does it take a long time to learn? That's, that's why, for me, risk is not going to hit this list at all. Really? Yeah, because I'm like, this is this is too much. It's too yeah. complicated and too many little men to try to set up everywhere. And I just <laughs> I can't do it, you know. So but I think with Battleship, if you want to talk about probably the root of all my anger problems as an adult male, it, they all go back to Battleship. Wow. That well at least we're getting deep here. Yeah, yeah. I mean this is about way more than board games. Uh, you're number three. Sitting around about around Battleship, and then you realize that the jerk behind you that's in the room that like shouldn't been, even be over at the guy's house. He's been going like a he's four to the, the other guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, like just totally. That's, that's a dude that gets hit in the nuts. I don't care how low of a blow it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, dare you to go tell mommy <laughs> you were cheating a Battleship. Uh, all right, so my number my number three is actually a new one to me personally. Uh, code names. Okay, I've heard of this, but I don't know anything about oh, it. Oh man, it is like. It's this is like partnering in a board game in the best sense of the word. Mm, I mean, like you, you just, can be friends afterwards still. Well, no, you choose the person that you're going to play the game with, and if you if you're of a like mind, you're going to be very good at this game because mm. you're giving cues and trying to get the person to pick particular things that are on the table, cards that are on the table in front of you. But all the, it's set up on a grid. It wouldn't take very long to explain if we had it in front of us, if if the people listening could see us. Yeah. Uh, but you're basically communicating with the person across the table and trying to get them to pick certain cards based on a word that you say. Gotcha. So chemistry is a big part of it. Yes, a huge I appreciate part of chemistry it. within a game. Yes, it is a huge part of the game, and I figured this out over over Christmas, sitting down and 
when my brother and I played this game as partners, man, we were just killing it, you know, yeah. because of all of our shared experience. But then when I tried to play with one of my sons, everything that I was cueing, they were too young to pick up on, and we, we just didn't play the game very well. So yeah. I just appreciate uh, a game that's put together in that manner where you can enjoy enjoy playing it together based on a relationship that you have with somebody. So if, I get that. If you're in a room full of people and you're like, hey, we're good friends, we'll probably be good at this game, I like that that yeah. part of it cool okay well I, we need to play that yes at some point. in fact yeah we should pull that out anybody who doesn't have code names should drive to the local store and get it today it's it's good deal all right my number two my my number two is a full-on classic but it's a classic for a good reason and it's scrabble i just it feels like so it feels like uh you can level up in the game unintentionally the more knowledge you get in life the greater your vo- your vocabulary grows the better you can be at the game you figure out how to use those z's those x's those q's yeah it's it's a, it's a very rewarding game for someone that's trying to uh one that can strategize, you know, making their way to those triple word uh, mm-hmm. spots on the board and stuff like that, but also learning how to use these weird letters that are in our alphabet. Okay, so are you, are you a Scrabble purist? And by that, I mean, do you play with the phone on the table? And let me check and make sure I'm spelling this correctly before I, or do you just have to sit there and the only thing you can use is your brain? It depends on who I'm playing with. I would rather be a purist because I'm, I'm pretty strict when it comes to rules especially like established rules, but my freaking family, like they will pull out the dictionary and look for words and say, oh, I do have these letters. Now I can play that word. Pisses me off. Oh, that's total cheating. I know. (laughs) And it's like four out of five of us and I'm the one that's not okay with it. So I get yelled at for, why are you ruining the game, Chase? Because this isn't the game, That's not the game. You've already ruined the game. I'm somewhere in the middle where if, if I can like jot the word down and show the person across from them, like, okay, I know that onomatopoeia is a word. All right. So I just, I, I don't know if I'm spelling it correctly. Because if you do that and it passes, it does affect the rest of the game. It does. So to be able to double check and say, all right, and then, but I do, what I particularly love about Scrabble is the, is that a word argument? (laughs) I love that. That's not a word. Yes, it is. It is a word. And then you don't look it up first because then it just becomes a battle of smarts. Yeah. Because you're trying to prove to the other person, I know this is a word and, and you think it's not a word. And then in the end, somebody is definitively wrong. That's yes. the part I love it's about very, it. It's very rewarding. At least either you're getting proven wrong and now you know that that's not a word, which isn't very fun, or you're the one that knew that Timothathan was actually a word. <laughs> Amoxicillin is actually a word. <laughs> so it's interesting to me, though, that um, these this game that you're bringing up as a classic is a very slow game. It is. I mean, very slow. Yeah. So my my number two is actually a very slow game as well, and it is a classic, and it is Monopoly. Ugh. I, you, don't, you don't like Monopoly? Not at all. Man, I just I think it's because it's one of the first board games I was introduced to, and I think it's because it's so approachable. And now that I have uh, sons, I've had a chance to play Monopoly with them. Um, I think the genius of Monopoly is that it's not really about the game. It's about sitting around the table, and it just pulls people together. It, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Because you to win that game, no, you have to be ruthless. Cutthroat. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. No, it's though. not because it's not I don't have money. the heart. It's not real money. People take Monopoly too seriously. <laughs> I can't. So here's my problem. I can't play with casual gamers, but when you don't play with casual gamers in a game like Monopoly, they get offended. 
So what is there to be offended about so horrifically in Monopoly? Because like, you have to make a conscious choice. All right, this person, this Lewis across from me, I'm about to take out Lewis from this game because mm, I can. Because I can, yeah. Yep. All right, so you have to be able to, to use your power. Uh, maybe I've just played Monopoly with people who don't care that much. That's why I enjoy it. Not, my number one is, is the exact opposite story. I, so, but yeah. number two, I'm not trying to debate it off your list. I'm just saying it, would, it wouldn't grace my top 25. Wow, yep. man. And you, I, don't, I don't even know if I could list 25 board games. You've had some terrible experiences with those. Uh, I've probably played it 10 or less times, and all, every time I've hated it. So other than Scrabble, what classic would you replace Monopoly with? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, I like Life. Life, life is fun. Yeah, it's that's see what you say Monopoly is. Life is life to is me. True. It's just casual, moving forward. You're only being affected by that little uh spinny thing. That's true. And if you decided to go to college or not, right? Yeah, exactly. Isn't there like a split there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think a lot of those classic games have had that design in mind. Maybe we've just Candyland, Candyland. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, yes. Games I, did, like that. I played Sorry for the first time like three years ago, and it's been here since like 1947. What? <laughs> wow. I know. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. Hey. All right. All right. All right number one. My number one. Yes. It's so hilarious. <laughs> it's Risk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You I can't love be I love Risk so much. Classic Risk. They've tried to, to shake oh, it yeah. up, and they made it really weird. Lord of the Rings Risk. Yeah. Classic Risk is Office so fun risk. to me. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, it's so funny that it's on my list because it's like essentially what I just described Monopoly as is what I love about Risk in that like I'm about to take out Red. But it's like because it's so straightforward and that like I'm not having to worry about am I buying houses, hotels? Am I going to really is my Go income? To gonna, yeah. Is my income going to come from uh, railroad stuff or, you know, whatever? Right. I am literally just building up men. And I'm going to come smack Africa real quick. Well, with you describing it that way, it sounds a little bit more fun. But but I, a good friend of mine explained this game to me. We were sitting over the, the board. I mean, literally, I'm falling asleep listening to the explanation. And I get so confused. Have you played it? Yeah, yes, we oh, played okay. it for a moment. I'm like, okay, what, what happens with the... Well, if you have one of these guys, you can't do the thing with that deal. And I'm like, oh, gosh. You have, no, 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 no. You need, what you needed was a student pastor to teach you. Because that's what happened to me. And my gosh, we, my student pastor was getting ready to start a family. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. We're staying here and playing at least seven games. We didn't leave the church until like 2 a.m., on many occasions. Holy cow. It was incredible. All right. Well, if you if you are determined to teach me, then I'll, pr I'll probably approach it. Yeah. As That's, long as you teach me what you're number one. Yes. My number one is Ticket to Ride. I knew it. Ticket to Ride. Same guy that introduced me to Risk. I think he was like, oh... You're He's not this as, kind of guy. You're not as smart as I thought you were. <laughs> no. You should try Ticket to Ride. Uh, no, I, see, I, I think Ticket to Ride takes more uh, strategizing than Rista, or a different kind of strategizing. I think that's probably it. It's just a different kind of strategy. You have to be um, in Ticket to Ride, uh, for those that don't know, the goal is to make routes with trains. Mm -hmm. You have to do it in particular ways, and you pull these cards from the beginning that show you your routes, and... You're competing with other people, obviously, on the board, and they can get in your way. That's, yeah. that's the big problem. They can get in your way, and uh, you have a limited amount of things you can do each turn. I just love the way that the game plays out because it's to your advantage to have that poker face 
and to play the long game. That's what yeah. I, I really, really love about that. So currently I'm number one by a long shot in my family. My, my eight-year-old, I'm like, I will destroy your confidence for life to win this game because I love it. So but your eight-year-old is also one that goes, that's all right, Dad, I didn't want to win it's anyway. Like, I, just the fact that we're playing together just warms my heart, Father. <laughs> you know, that's, that's my youngest one. But uh, Ticket to Ride has, has got to be in my number one because it meets all my criteria, what I've already discussed, but also it's not that difficult of a game to explain. The way that they set up the board is super easy. It's it's a very hands-on game, though, because I've played it two rounds with you, and I'm still a little confused. I think if you spend... I, honestly, this is all board games. If you spend an afternoon really trying to figure this out with people that are good at it, you can figure out a game pretty quick and start enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, because we, we sat down... that One of the afternoons you're referencing, we sat down with a friend of ours, and I learned a lot watching him play. He did, yeah. Because he was like, well, you, you, if you want to take these kind of routes and those kind of routes, it makes a difference. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. The thing for me, though, that I love the most about this game is that it rewards you for having the most, the longest, most continuous train, mm-hmm. you know, connected. And that, in the end no matter if you've connected routes or not, it could actually help you win. Yeah. So you never know who's true. Some of the things about these lengthy board games is that you kind of know three-fourths of the way in who's going to win. You just mm-hmm. got to finish playing things out. And this one, you, you really don't know how it's going to go until the absolute very end. So yeah. that would be the number that. one. So, I, you know, I think if you're – let's just kind of call this list down a little bit. If people are trying to determine – should I go buy a game, board game and, you know, endless paper in a paperless world? What should I spend my money on? We're going to go all in with Risk and Ticket to Ride. Yeah, for certain. I, I think they're very inclusive games that are simple. Like, well, outside looking in can be a little overwhelming or complex, but if you really get down and try to learn it with someone that knows how to play, Not you're going to yeah. enjoy the game. Yeah. And and it's very, the, be, the best thing about it and why I don't like Monopoly is it's very multiple round friendly. Like, if you want to play four games straight of Risk or Ticket to Ride, like, let's do it you're again. not going to be worn out. Got yeah. it, got it. So you see what we've done here, Chase. We've combined Outside the Box with Recommends. Yes, we've genius. Reached, we've reached a whole new level. So we should just end the episode right now, then. Go ahead, hit that space bar.